0: World. It's your pass first point guard and trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of lockdown Podcast Network available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every single day. Today's gonna to be a fun show. We're playing a little draft or pass with Richard Staman at Mavs Draft, the host of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast right here on this network. Richard, how you doing?
1: Hey, I'm good. I'm excited to make my Locked On Blazers debut.
0: We're excited to have you here. So yeah, instead of just doing the like, who do you like, who don't you like, I'm going to throw you some names. We're going to play draft or pass. You say yes, you say no, you make your case, and we'll go through. I've got 10 names written down here. Uh, we, we can go off course as needed, but uh, let's have a little fun, shall we? Let's do it. All right, the first name on my list, and these are in no order. I, I kind of just wrote them down. These are not my preferred names, but these are names to know. Baylor forward Jeremy Sohan, draft or pass at number
1: seven? Ooh, at seven, it's tough. I think it might end up happening, but I'm going to say draft. You know, I I got a little bit scorched for saying this in the past, but I think he's got some Ben Simmons traits to him with much less of an attitude concern. You look at 6'9", can get to the rim, defend, I'd say take a chance.
0: So I have heard him compared to Draymond Green and Ben Simmons, which that's kind of how draft comps work. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's, it's weird to compare him to someone sort of like lower, lower down the the tiers or whatever. Uh, What, what is, what are his Ben Simmonsy traits?
1: Yeah, he's, he's almost 6'10". Gets to the, I think he's going to get to the rim pretty well in the NBA. It's almost a hidden trait at college. I, I don't see the Draymond stuff as much just because of that. I think also he's a monster on defense. One through five can guard any single player at any given time. It's probably only a handful of players he can't guard in the NBA. And it's guys that you're probably not too worried about most players being able to guard the Embiid's, the Jokic's. Right. But for the most part, he can hold his own against, you know, good players.
0: Is he your favorite defensive wing in this draft?
1: No, that that actually, that title goes to number one prospect on my board as I consider him a wing, uh, Jabari Smith. Right.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That there's a reason some dudes are end up at the top of the draft, and we're talking the Blazers here at seven. Okay, next one on my list: Draft or Pass? Dyson Daniels, the G League Ignite.
1: See, I should be consistent because him and Sohan are similar, and Dyson Daniels has more of a jump shot. But I'm going to say Pass. I, I just I worry he could be a Jarrett Culver 2.0. J-
0: just because of the shooting, like what what concerns you?
1: Yeah, I don't see athleticism in his game popping in the half court, especially same issue plagued Jared Culver couldn't blow by guys. And then his lack of shooting. It's just, it's not that not very special, I would say at the least, it it could be good, but early on, it's going to be bad. And if he goes to a team like Portland, who needs him to be good early on, I think it could really hurt him.
0: Yeah, I've kind of compared him a little bit to Kyle Anderson. Obviously, you've been doing this full-time for half a decade, and I started paying attention to the drafts in April. So maybe Jarrett Culver is a better comp than Kyle Anderson.
1: I mean, there's definitely shades of both. Honestly, if you blend the two, that's probably who he is. Right. Like, to an extent, on a floor, on a floor end. So
0: you're passing on Dyson Daniels. We got one more for you. What about Shaden Sharp, Drafter pass, the
1: Kentucky product? Wow. That is probably actually the hardest because he's a mystery. I'm going to say draft, you know, he's the number one prospect out of the 2022 recruiting class. Generally it's okay to take swings at guys like those. I think he's getting a little bit overthought. There are worries with him, including, you know, he's a great athlete, rumored 49 inch vertical. Can't blow by guys. That's weird to me. Almost the Obi Doppin syndrome where he can't defend anybody laterally, but can rise up for the craziest dunks. Shaden Sharp has some of those issues. But ultimately, you're gambling on talent. And if you want to swing for the fences, he's the guy.
0: What do you make of his sort of the lack of data on Sharp?
1: Well, I think it's a smart move by him because less is more in yep. the NBA. There's a reason every single year in advance, the next year is always the better class. It's better next year because you don't see the flaws of these players. So like, of course, high school superstars are going a lot better than college players who we go, mm, he can't do this. He can't do that. So I think it's benefiting him.
0: Do you think... Uh maybe not like do you think there are some teams who are a little skittish? Like, hey, you didn't you didn't do anything at the combine? Hey, you didn't do you think that hurts him a little bit? Like, not overall. He's like he's gonna be like a top six pick, right? But like some teams a little skittish.
1: Yeah, I think it's the difference between something like the fifth and sixth pick or the sixth and seventh pick.
0: Do you do you see the shade and sharp trend happening with other guys? Like, is this is this a one off thing, or is this because it's like he's you know top? He's a five star recruit. He's considered, like you said, the best recruit in his class. He goes to a major program basically just to practice um, the the Ennis Cantor route, uh, except for totally different reasons, right? And and it hasn't hurt him. It's a maybe it's maybe kept him. Like, is this is this a trend we could see with other top type top players?
1: I could see it. Something like, I mean, imagine if Amoni Bates, for example, who was a high school phenom. Right. And then he just tanked his stock at Memphis. There's a lot more damage you can do as a top prospect than good when you go to school and showcase your weaknesses and all that. I wouldn't be surprised if someone in the future does this almost every other year. At this, uh, is my guess.
0: When you've been talking to folks around, are they, is, is Sharp like the mystery man? Because that's what he appears from someone on the outside like me.
1: Yes and no. I think there's enough high school tape to say like what he is to an extent. There are mysteries to his game, but the thing I've heard is just the the intel is weird on him because he is doing this intentionally where he's not showcasing anything um and just doesn't want to really make anything known. He wants to remain the mystery. So yes and no, we know we know about his game but intel kind of yeah.
0: Sure. I I want to ask you before we get, we're going to play some more, I got more names on the list and we'll we'll do some, play some more drafter pass. What is your theory on best player versus fit? Because obviously you, you mentioned the Blazers kind of need a contributor. How much does that factor in and sort of where do you draw the line of saying, okay, fit matters more?
1: Well, for the Blazers, it's a, it's a tough one, right? they're in a weird situation because they have an empty roster outside of a couple of guys. So they are in a pretty good position. It doesn't really apply to them. I think they are good to take whoever. There's no one position, even if you take a guard, I know the Simons and Dame overlap could be a little bit redundant, but who knows what Dame's long-term status is. They're not in the same situation. A lot of other teams in their timeline are where, Hey, we have a franchise player. We cannot touch this position. They're good to take whoever. I think they could get away either way because the Dame timeline is just so It's a variable. Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think at the at the tippy top, you just got to take best player available. For me, there's probably a tipping point midway through the first round where it's like maybe we draft for fit, but I think you could argue that, you know, you always are taking BPA because best player available is like you're the trick in the NBA is to get a bunch of talent on the roster and then you figure it out from there. So for me, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Blazers could. If if Sharp is there, if like if Shaden Sharp's there and it's like, hey, he's probably a two-three, maybe more of a two, but we already have a bunch of guards, like we have six NBA players in the roster, and three of them are guards, and the other two are smaller, small forwards. I think you can get away with it because like you you want to chase talent to some extent.
1: Yeah, and talent fits. I mean, that's just the way it is. Like good players mesh well with good players. It's a lot easier to make that work than good players with bad players. I mean, I've, I've seen the Mavs for years trying to do that with Luka Doncic and Dirk. So right. <laughs> I know for a fact, good players work. Yeah, I mean, I think about it with the Warriors. Like, in theory, Jordan
0: Poole is kind of a weird overlap with what they have. But they've just said, man, he's so freaking good. We'll get him on the court. And we'll figure it out. Obviously, they're, they are are unique. I'm not comparing the like sh- a potential Shaden Sharp Dame ant trio to that. But yeah, there's some extent where you say, hey, the overlap doesn't matter. Talent will win and we will figure out the rest behind it. Let's let's I got more I got I'm looking at my list. It's right over here. To, it's right over here to my right uh, I'll ask you some more draft or pass names But before we do that, I want to tell my listeners about RockAuto.com. It's it's the way that you can save money if you want to work on your car It's a family business specializing and helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and that two decades of experience helps you save Real cash So if you go to the chain auto parts store you go to the dealership You're going to spend more money and you're going to be frustrated because they can't carry all the parts for all the makes and models out there RockAuto.com is helping you and, and born to help you save 30, 50, 100% more compared to those chain auto parts stores or the dealership. So why don't you go to their website right now, RockAuto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write Locked On and their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. All right, we're still playing Drafter Pass here with Richard Stamondi host of Locked on NBA Draft podcast, at Map Drafts on Twitter. You ready for some more names, Richard? Let's do it. I'm ready for round two. Round two, Benedict Mathrin from the University of Arizona. Draft or pass?
1: Oh, draft all day. I've got him number five. You look at the upside and the floor, that combination is elite. I think he's going, especially for Portland, I should say, I think that's a wonderful fit from day one and after day.
0: Why is he five on your board?
1: I look at a wing who can defend at a good level. doesn't need to be anything more than just good can shoot the ball, shoot the lights out. Like there's no way to, to undersell just how good of a shooter he is. And also I buy his ability to get to the rim. He's so quick. He doesn't need a ton of dribbling moves that he can just almost get there. And obviously in the NBA, it's a little bit different from college, but you'll get that combination of defend shoot and slash. That's a, that's a potential star.
0: So who is but like of the you pretty much everyone I've named so far, you've got Sharp below Matherin, I assume. He's not up there at five. So you've got I assume the big your big three. We don't need to worry about the order. And Jaden Ivy at four, or do you have who else who do you have up there?
1: Yeah, I have Jaden Ivy at four after the big three and then Matherin. And then Matherin at five.
0: So I've heard some concerns about his how about his uh, shot creation in the half court. You don't share those concerns necessarily?
1: I get it. But also if he's going to be an off ball threat, especially early on, I just I think he's still such an effective player that it doesn't bother me, even if he's a minimal creator.
0: Right. Yeah. Like he's not an apex wing. And if, and if it, particularly in Portland, it's not, he's not going to be asked to be the guy. Um, I I can, I consider this a sort of like Aaron Gordon corollary. If Aaron Gordon was drafted to be the fifth best player on a team, he would have kicked ass right away. And we would have said this dude rocks, but instead he was drafted to be the, like a offensive leader on a bad team. And I was like, does he suck maybe? Um, (laughs) And I think it took him, you know, now he's, fully healthy on the nuggets he's their fourth best player he looks really good again um so i think role really matters this is like I, we just talked about best player available but fit will determine a lot of um how this works talent first fit, fit second but it's all part of the puzzle okay i got another name for you ready
1: yep it is Jalen duran from a memphis you know for portland i buy him i would i would draft him I should right. say. I am not a huge fan of his. I think he's really raw, but that kind of plays into why I would draft him. I think he's got enough playable skills right now. You look at how he can defend and switch just at such a high level. The things he just needs to iron out is he doesn't know where to be in pick and rolls a lot of times. That does concern me. could be a Memphis thing. And then offensively, he's just very, very limited to being at the rim. But ultimately for Portland, you look at a partner next to Dame. I think it's fine. He can also pass a little bit. It's not that far off from Nurkic.
0: Uh, do you worry about drafting a center this high? I think that's the sort of the the hot topic to talk about now is whether, what value does a true center have? And Duren seems like a guy who's only going to be a five in the league. Do you, does that concern you?
1: I'm naturally a little bit lower on centers at the top, but I think he's a good enough gamble. His upside is really good. If he can start putting a lot of his skills together. I mean, he is a good passer, and if he develops that, I mean, you're looking at a multiple assists per night off non-handoffs. And I think something like that is worth investing in. He's almost an exception to the rule.
0: Do you think he could start in the NBA? Like, do you do you project him? Obviously, a long-term starter, but like, how how close is he to that?
1: Close? Uh, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for somebody to live at the rim, really on both ends, he starts.
0: Would you rather have him or uh, Beef Stew?
1: Oh, Jalen Duran. Right. I'm not I'm not big on on Isaiah Stewart. <laughs>
0: All right. So this is not a, this is not a pro beef stew podcast. But I, I think that's um like a limited offense, a like guy with limited range offensive player. I, I, I'm not a big beef stew guy either. I like his motor, but like uh, sort of the what we're going for for the modern NBA. I'm not sure that he fits that, but he can help like it's like It's the difference of being sort of like a top eight contributor and a top four contributor on on teams. Um, I think that's kind of where we're drawing the line. Okay, next one for you on my list, AJ Griffin from Duke.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely buying. He was a top, top prospect before his injuries in high school. I forget exactly what they were, but they were all lower body injuries. So a lot of his stuff looks rough. People call him one of the worst defenders in the draft. But you look at some of the minimal flashes he's had. I think he knows how to play defense he has the body and the tools in theory to play defense, really just Matt, like the big difference maker is going to be, how does his body hold up?
0: I think there are concerns about the the injuries limiting the defense and limiting the shot creation. Obviously, you're banking on a guy who could really shoot it, and he's big, like really shoot it and he's big. Those are skills that matter. Um, why are you maybe bullish on him developing in the areas that other people are concerned, The the shot creation and the defense?
1: Yeah, the defense there plays. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always hesitant to throw superstars names into borderline top ten picks names, but right. you look at the way there's been flashes throughout the season of how he navigated the screens, and it was almost identical to how Kawhi Leonard did it. I think he just again he knows how to play defense. His tools need to catch back up to him, but I think it's they will. And then the shot creation, he's going to be an off ball player in the NBA. You look at the catch and shoot is, and just shooting ability is what he was known for. He was shooting 50% up until like mid-February from three. And his ability to, to attack the closeouts, he knows how to just explode to the rim that way. It was really evident in March Madness in almost every single game. I, I buy that. What
0: position does he play in the pros?
1: Probably you could squeeze him into a small ball four. Uh, but primarily I'd say small forward.
0: Small forward, yeah. So I've heard people talk, float him as the idea, you know, long arms, big frame, that he could be a four in the league. I think if he's both forward spots, it's really intriguing. But I think there's concern that his speed makes him a small power forward as opposed to a true small forward. Um, and I, for me, just like, again, I've said this a bunch, like, I started my draft prep in April. I'm not, I'm, this isn't my, this isn't my cup of tea necessarily. Um, but like, he seems to be a guy who hurt himself uh, late, like in the tournament and 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 beyond. Do you were you higher on him? Has he has your perspective changed from when he was shooting like into the ACC season, shooting above fifty percent on like four attempts a game from three?
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. Like he did, his stock did drop a little bit. I think it kind of came at the expense of Palos rising back up because they had opposites in a way. Jab- uh, excuse me, AJ started off very slow to the year; he was recovering from the injury. Paolo started very hot. AJ started heating up in February. That's when Palo got super cold and then it just kept going in March madness. It flipped. I think there might be something to that. Also just, it's hard five mouths to feed in the, with NBA talent on one college team. Most teams don't have that problem ever. So yeah. I think it might've just been natural learning adjustments.
0: Yeah. Duke specifically didn't, could not f- like field a lineup where they could play their five best players. Um, and go Heels, the heels. It's uh, we here I am uh, my beloved Tar Heels took advantage of a team that couldn't play their five best players uh, at a, at a time because Carolina only had five good players baby that's the trick <laughs> uh, and listen if they had held on to a 15-point lead at halftime this I would be insufferable on this podcast but instead I remained I don't know so some, some, somewhat sufferable all right I got three more names for you uh, actually I got four more names for you we'll close out the show with more draft or pass but Before that, I want to tell my listeners about bet online, more lines, more props, more odds than ever before. If you get in now, the Boston Celtics are slight dogs to win the NBA Finals, plus 135 as I'm hitting record. You could win some money betting on Northeast Portland's own Emei Udoka, betting on North Portland's own Damon Stodemeyer, betting on your beloved Northeast Portland Boston Celtics repping. The Jefferson High School demos, among other players who also are going to be more involved in the game than the coaching staff, but still, uh, plus 135, pretty good odds. And if you don't want to bet on the whole series itself, you're going to find odds and props and on everything concerning the NBA Finals. You don't want to bet on the NBA. You'll find whatever sports are out there. So go take advantage. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still, Mike Richmond, you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're still playing Draft or Pass. Richard and the host of Locked On NBA Draft at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Richard, I got another one for you. Usman Yang, Draft or Pass. And this is all at seven, correct? All at seven. I'm going all at seven. In theory, I think the Blazers are relatively likely to move seven either for a veteran or to move back and be somewhere deeper in the lottery. But let's, for the sake of this game. We're saying the Blazers stay at seven, draft or pass?
1: Man, I'll I'll take the chances. I love Duzman Jang in the preseason. He had a terrible, terrible first half of the season. It's so weird if you divide his stats. The first 11 games, four points, two rebounds on 25% shooting. And then the next 12 games, 13 points on 48% shooting. I'm going to buy that there were some internal learning curves there, such as moving across the world. Uh, from France playing in a whole different league. I'm going to buy that the second half was real and the first half was not. And on top of that, his defense was always pretty consistent in the first half of the year. Take the reach. He's worth a swing for the fences. The the tiers after like pick six, I think are pretty interchangeable.
0: I was going to, I want to ask you about that before we go forward. It feels like, it feels like about at the Blazers draft range, it gets pretty flat, which is why I wanted to play draft or pass. Like, would you say that, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and the Blazers are probably the team that they're the they're the domino, right? They kick it all off. If they make some weird pick that nobody expected, everything in the really the rest of the draft gets thrown off.
0: Do you uh, w- what's Jen going to be like in the league? Like, what's what is he what what posi- what I don't know what position like, but what how is he a contributor?
1: Yeah, he's a six nine forward who can pass, defend, and I think he'll be able to shoot pretty well. When you look at somebody with that size with that skill set. That's just somebody who's going to be able to stick in the league.
0: How quickly can he be a contributor? Because I think that's a question for all of these Portland guys. Like, if it's two years, then the, the clock is maybe ticking a little too loud. But if it's, if it's, if you're a believer in year two, it's maybe worth an investment.
1: Yeah. I think year two is his window. Like, I don't think he's much of an impact year one. That's, that's part of why I hesitate. But also, if you're just trying to field the most long term talent, I would go with him.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, it's like, a versatile six nine forward with some like ball skills. This is what everyone wants in the league. Uh, th- that's sort of the prototypical NBA player, right? Like everyone would love a six nine dude who can dribble, pass, and shoot. That is that is ideal. Who also can defend multiple positions. Um, the sort of I, the the question I guess is the Blazers are going to be asking on draft night is their level of patience. What is what is their patience level? It's why I don't think they'll end up using the pick, but it's kind of why I'm in favor of them because I think there's some really interesting targets here, including this next one, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Draft or pass?
1: Draft him. You look at a guy who is tailor made for the Blazers. It might be Johnny Davis. He got overused at Wisconsin as the leading scorer, who also had to be the alpha on defense. He was a one man show. He just had a nonstop motor. I think he really just fits with what they do. And on top of that, you look at what he's going to be in the NBA. He's not going to be a first option. He's not going to be a second option. Play off ball, spot up, and just attack closeouts. That's his best role, and that's what he would do in Portland.
0: What is he a two? Can he like? Is is he is? Can he play three basically?
1: Yeah, I think he can play both wing spots. He's good enough on defense, especially to make up for it.
0: Is his length a concern there, or or like what is the what's holding him back from being a true three? Because I see him listed yeah. mostly as a two.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the size. I mean, I guess he yeah, with shoes, he's 6'6". You measure, I i had seen 6'5". That was kind of a concern, but only a three-inch-plus wingspan, so 6'9". Not very good not for a small forward in theory, but I think the league is working in a position in this way where, you know, the boys are going to run two hard lineups. If he's the first non-true guard, uh, then he is a very good option there. That's when I would put him at the three. Uh,
0: for high-usage college guys, I think with, like, keegan murray and john davis there's a concern that those guys who were like like extremely a huge high usage players in in their college offenses can they transition to being role players do you have those concerns with it? even not just specifically davis but that archetyped in general
1: a lot of times yes mostly it depends on the player of course but i think when you look at for example the guys that portland's really in the mix for keegan murray johnny davis those two guys they're Really, their skill sets translate where they can do so many different things. It just depends on what the whole skill set is. You have to be able to do a lot for it to work. If you're just a scorer, there's going to be some issues.
0: Right. But they seem to be a little bit of floor spacing. So let's just do Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray, draft or pass?
1: Yeah, definitely draft. Uh, He's a guy who I flirted with putting in number five for my board. I'm all in on the guy. Yeah, he's old. He's He's 22. Doesn't really bother me. Hyper productive, low turnovers, plays great defense given the offensive role and how much he's running. I just don't see what doesn't translate.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 a big Keegan Murray believer. I think Keegan Murray is my ultimate pick for the Blazers. I'm I'm saving that one for its own podcast, but if you're listening now, I'm spoiling it for y'all. I think Keegan Murray would be my number one target probably followed by Mathrin. Like, I think those are my, I think those are my one, two for the Blazers. Just thinking of fit and, and early, early production, early contributions. Um, it's, you know, I don't think you want to, I don't think Keegan Murray, you'd want him to be your starting power forward on the Blazers as a team that wants to be, you know, the fifth best team in the West. I don't think that's reasonable, but I think he could be pretty good early. Um, I, I, This is the first one that I'm no hesitating. I think I'm hesitating on the other names I gave you. Keegan Murray on the board, smash, smash the draft button. Uh, Okay. I got, I got a couple others.
1: Tari and LSU. You know, in terms of raw talent, you draft him. Uh, In terms of if you're trying to win now, I actually, I wouldn't, I think he's got some fatal flaws. I love his talent. I think he's one of the most skilled players in the, in the draft, but there's two things that kill him. The left hand. He is very reluctant to go left or finish left. It's worrisome. And then on top of that, I mean, this is just what I've heard from workouts. The basketball IQ is just not on display. There was a workout he had with a team in the teens. He was the only first-round prospect, arguably the only draftable prospect in that workout, and he was one of the worst players because he just couldn't make good decisions. And it was really rough. So I don't think he's an option at seven.
0: This is one of those workouts don't matter unless they do type of things like they're, it's mostly meaningless, but if you, you can tank a workout enough to hurt your draft stock a little bit, certainly with individual teams, um, it, would, would you agree that workout season is kind of like, how much stock do you think when you talk to teams and talk to folks around the league that, that teams put into like work this pre-draft workout season?
1: Yeah. I don't think it shapes their board a ton. I think it does stuff for tiebreakers, right? If you're looking, and you also want to see the extremes, like, the motor for example like 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 i said this one was a a workout not only probably past his range but also a a workout where he was the only person in his range so wouldn't he want to try harder those kind of things i think red flags coming out is really where workouts matter more than hey he was great unless you're a second round prospect then it kind of flips but yeah it's the extremes are the only thing that matter to work out to me
0: yeah i know for um uh, for the Blazers back in the day, they had Justin Jackson came in and they brought every, Paul Allen was there. They brought everybody in, right? They, they like it, it was, we walked into the gym and the whole ship was there. The whole freaking pirate ship, the whole crew was, was, was there. And they didn't even touch him. They, they gave him a second round grade. They were like, he was so bad in one workout that they were like, and they really thought he was the guy. He was so bad in that particular workout that it was like, but no way. And obviously, um, my beloved Justin Jackson didn't didn't really pan out as an NBA player, but, you know, still got a trophy. All right, one more name for you. One more name for you. Mark Williams of Duke, big man, center from Duke.
1: Well, if I may just address one thing, Justin yeah. Jackson, man, whatever they saw was 100% right. But with Mark Williams, I would not take him at seven. Uh, there's concerns enough that I have about taking him I think he's worth a pick around like 13 or 15. You look at that Charlotte pick, not only do they need centers, but that's a whole different issue, but that's his range. Seven's way too early for me. Unless Jalen Duran, unless you're that desperate, Jalen Duran is gone and you're like, all right, we need a center. Like that is clearly the biggest hole. Nurkic is walking, something like that comes out maybe. But at that point you trade back because I worry about Mark Williams. Yes. He can block any shot near the rim. Yes he can finish anything. His standing reach is only a couple inches shorter than the rim. Yeah. Fine. But my worry with him is the perimeter defense. I think he's going to be played off the floor, especially come playoffs. He is going to be a very strong candidate to be played off the floor.
0: Yeah. I think that's the big, like this is where we get up against the centers thing, right? It's like it in, if you need, nine minutes of guarding another giant person you probably couldn't draft a better player right like he's he can he's gonna be able to hold his own in the post he's incredible around the rim um you know he was really good for Duke even freshman year is really good I think he was the best player on that team um that's right hater um like he was like he was really really good his freshman year and he was better in year two uh but yeah I I think there's some concerns even a 7-2 dude is like At some point, teams are going to space you out. Like that's just the way the league is going. Um, And I think I think there's some real um, I think there's some concern there. Seven I think is too high for him. I I kind of project him as a long-term NBA player, but I'm not sure that he's um, you know it's if you're picking in the top ten, you really want a a long-term starter in the league. You want someone who's like a long-term contributor. Uh, Obviously plenty of misses you can just go look at the history of the seventh pick Uh, a lot of folks that didn't pan out as that but like that's what you're if you the blazers haven't picked in the top 10 many times and and typically they have these are where they found their foundational pieces this is a big opportunity for them and i think for me williams isn't worth the risk
1: yeah i agree with that and this is also the new regimes is it their first or second first yeah 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 and that'll also be big too we'll learn a lot about them
0: yeah. Especially when they don't make a selection and they trade seven. And then, so they only make one pick at 36. I like the Blazers have the back half of the roster. So young with like Trent Watford and Greg Brown and Didi Luzada and, uh, and Keon Johnson, like they have three picks in this draft. They just can't use all those picks like straight up. They just can't use them. It would be irresponsible to build a roster with seven dudes th- that young, like for what they want to be. So one way or another they have to they have to trade even if it's just the second rounders they kind of have to move around with those picks because uh like they can't go into october with that that look like um something's got to give there it's just it's sort of the reality of their situation uh most of the reporting says they're not going to use seven they're going to trade seven but if if they do we have 11 names because we threw Keegan Murray and there are 11 names that uh, you should consider that the Blazers could consider at that spot, even though we kind of rejected some of them outright. Uh, Richard, if people are looking for more of you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, everything's done through AppMapsDraft on Twitter. Anything I post on my site, scouting reports, mock drafts, anything like that, we'll I'll go through there. And then I do uh, the Locked On NBA Big Board show. We're on five days a week. On the locked on podcast network and uh yeah we're rolling for the next few weeks as the draft approaches
0: it's hot right now we're what three and a half weeks away roughly three weeks yeah, three weeks three, three weeks, weeks from three weeks from as of we're rec- as we're recording this one so uh yeah listen to locked on nba big board make it your second listen every single day five days a week wherever you get podcasts because your first listen is going to be locked on blazer start your day begin your daily routine listen to the show just search Lockdown Blazers wherever you're looking for us. You'll find us on all the podcasts, catchers, find us on YouTube. Tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.